You may be seated. pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, we pray you'd meet with us today. And, uh, Lord, receive glory and honor in all that's said and done. We pray you'd speak to our hearts. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. See, it's good to see you this morning. We're glad uh, that you're here. And uh, a few announcements in the bulletin. Please be sure that you take uh, note of those. Um, be praying for camp. Uh, teen camp starts uh, today, uh, and also uh, the South Mississippi uh, teen camp starts today. So be praying for our camps across Mississippi. Uh, ask the Lord to uh, bless them and speak to hearts. And uh, and then uh, we've got a children's activity Saturday um, coming up. So remember that and be praying for our elections. Uh, Tuesday is primary election day, so please remember that in your prayers. Um, and uh, thankful that we live in a country where we have that uh, freedom and that responsibility uh, to uh, if you have your Bibles this morning you turn to Revelation chapter 22 and we uh, over several months have been marching through the book of Revelation and we are finally at the end. So Revelation chapter 22 and verses 1 through 21 we're going to read uh, this morning. Remember that uh, as uh, John had received this vision while he was in exile on the island of Patmos, uh, and God gave him this message as an encouragement uh, and a reminder that he's still on the throne and he's still in control and that God's people have to remain faithful um, if they want to find God's blessing. Uh, it's a reminder that regardless of whatever else is going on in the world, and no matter how hard mankind tries to knock God off the throne, uh, they're never going to succeed. Uh, and God intends that message to be uh, an encouragement. So this last chapter uh, wraps up and actually uh, repeats some of the things that John said in, verse, in chapter 21, rather, um, and then gives us uh, some concluding remarks. So let's take a look, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was a tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, the tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there's... Uh, shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. They need no lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These are the words of the faithful and true. 
And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the works, words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do uh, his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates uh, in the city, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride says, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts Come, whoever desires, let him take of the water freely. For I testify uh, to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy um, of the book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of his prophets, God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so John here uh, wraps up this vision uh, with some important reminders um, and the first is you know the first thing that we find here is a final identification uh, that remember that how the uh, servants or those that are following after Satan how they're identified uh, there's a, a sign a, a mark on their forehead or on their hand uh, with the beast number, you remember that 666. And, well, John is reminding us that, hey, listen, those that don't have that mark have another mark. And this time it's marking you as a child of God. Uh, and so you've got this identification that you are a part of uh, God's people. Uh, and he sees, there he begins by uh, picturing this river of water, of life. Uh, remember, he's uh, just explained to us the city of New Jerusalem that came down. 
and how beautiful and glorious it was and all the uh, precious metals and gemstones that were there that made up that city. And now through the midst of it, this pure river of water, uh, clear as crystal, you see to the bottom of it, this beautiful river. And in the midst of that river was the tree of life. The tree of life, it bore fruit every month, and it's interesting that John says the tree is on both sides of this river, so the river flows through the tree. And that's kind of an interesting picture that normally doesn't happen. Uh, you know, and so, uh, but it, it does happen here. And remember that uh, God uses um, you know, this analogy of, of trees to refer to his people. We think back to Psalm chapter 1. Uh, remember what it talks about being planted by a tree of, of water and following after the Lord and uh, being uh, strengthened and nourished by the Lord. Uh, and so we find that imagery here in uh, the end of God's word, uh, reminding us that God's people uh, ha will have uh, this new identification as uh, part of God's people. And then he get, again reminds us, like to let you know, that there's not going to be any curse, there's not pain, no sorrow, uh, and no light, uh, because Jesus will be the light. There will be no need of external light, because uh, the glory of God will be there and will be what provides uh, the light. Um, and so he said, you know, you want to find yourself as the ones that are in uh, that holy city. And you know, there's, there's going to be this final identification where, and we talked about that great white throne judgment last week, but, and he reminds us of that, that inside the, the walls of the city, there's no sin. There's no sin, and that's the point is that, you know, it's that those whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life are, are not identified as sinners. They're identified at, with Jesus. And that's how we come into right standing before God. It's not by our works, and it's not by our righteousness. Uh, because our righteousness, as Paul says, is like filthy rags. So what does get us there? It's Jesus. Having put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ um, as Lord and Savior, and trusting his atoning death and, and believing that his blood paid my sin debt and your sin debt, and the sin debt of all who would believe. And God again offers that sin debt uh, payment to anyone. Anybody can receive that free gift and God will make them a new creation. Outside of the wall, he says, there's, that's where dogs are and uh, sorcerers and wickedness. And In other words, God's, John's reminding us you know, that the trials and those that are seeking to do evil uh, against God's people will not be in the city of God and won't be able to touch God's people anymore. Uh, you know, Satan has been bound and judged and cast into that lake of fire and uh, his minions have been cast into that lake of fire and you know, all those with the mark of the beast have been cast into that fire. Um, and so all that's left are God's people are those whose names are found in the Lamb's book of life. And so we find this final identification that, you know, there we, you know, 
here on earth, we kind of waffle sometimes in our Christian walk with the Lord, and sometimes we're closer than others, and sometimes we're more on fire for the Lord than others. Uh, but our devotion and our identification with Christ will not wane in glory. That when we have that final reward, we will be forever and irrevocably identified with Jesus. And so then John reminds us of this, again, final separation. I've already talked about it a little bit, that, you know, that here on earth, there's difficulty and trials because of sin and because of evil and because of evil people. And all those people are not going to be there anymore. However, this new heaven and new earth and the new city of Jerusalem, uh, remember, 1,400 miles tall and wide uh, and long, uh, so it's a big, big place. Uh, within there, there's, there is no sin. And so there's going to be this final separation that we're no more are we going to have to deal with difficulties. And we're no longer going to be sorrowful. And we're no longer going to uh, be tempted and tried. But we're going to have uh, a reward uh, you know, of eternal life with the Savior. And what a marvelous thing that will be. Uh, and so John, remember, writes this toward the end of the first century. Uh, when Christians are facing great persecution. And, you know, there are all kinds of evil, and, you know, it's unpopular to be a Christian, and, uh, you know, it's cost a lot of people their lives. And yet God says, hey, here's the message. I'm, gonna, you're, I'm going to win, and so you're going to win with me. And eventually, all those that follow after Jesus and have put their faith and trust in him will spend eternity in one place, and all those that have rejected God's offer and, and you know, tried to, to thwart God will be in another place. Um, and the reality is, hell is an eternal um, destination. It lasts forever, just like heaven lasts forever. And hell is a place of, of torment and you know, difficulty and pain and sorrow, the things that there are none of in heaven. And the thing is that people joyfully walk toward that destination. You know, it's no big deal. And yet they're going to find, oh, did I make a bad decision? And so, uh, John reminds us, is reminded by the Lord, that there is this final separation where the victory of God is absolute and final. And it can't be undone. And so, God said, hey, listen, you know, there's not going to be any sin, there's not going to be sorrow. Um, and so, there's going to be this final separation. And then finally... Uh, and this is where we want to spend the bulk of our time this morning, is not only a final um, identification and a final separation, but Jesus answers here in this wrapping up of Scripture a final call. A final call. And so Jesus said, you know, he calls his people. 
All of us are called to salvation. And hopefully you've answered that call. God calls us to ministry and to service, to serve others. Uh, most importantly, though, Jesus calls us to him. And so, but as he calls us to him, he reminds us that there's things we need to do to make preparation. Leslie will be leaving later today to go up to teen camp, and uh, she made some preparations. You know what she did last night? We, we gassed up the church van. Um, she packed her clothes. She loaded her clothes in the van. She loaded her pillow. She loaded her pajamas. She loaded her toiletries. All the stuff that she needs for camp, she put it in the van. She made preparation. And she's going because she knew it was time. Well, Jesus here on three different occasions said, Remember, I'm coming quickly. Now, People for a long time have expected that to come. You know, when somebody says, I'm coming directly, or I'm coming right over, you expect them to show up within a few minutes. Now, it's been several centuries since Jesus spoke these words, uh, and we have to remember that God's time is not our time. Uh, and the Bible says that one day is like a thousand years to the Lord. You know, and God's not bound by time like we are. Uh, but he says, listen, I'm coming quickly. In other words, he said, I'm coming back, so you better make sure you're ready so that you're packed up and ready to go because Jesus said in the God, remember he said, I'm coming back as a thief in in the night. No one knows the day or the hour. But we do know that he's coming back. And so he says, listen, I want you, so first of all, this final call is is a call to be ready. Uh, He said, listen, in fact, he says, don't seal up this book because the time that is coming very soon uh, for these things to be fulfilled. So he says, don't, you know, don't seal it up, put it on a shelf, uh, keep it handy, don't, and uh, remember that these things are, are going to come uh, to fruition. Um, and so he says, you know what? Uh, so the, the, those that are unjust and evil, they're going to continue to be unjust and evil. Don't let that sidetrack you. That's what he said. Him that is good is righteous. Let him be righteous still. And the one that's holy, let him be holy. And so the evil in this world should not, and is not an excuse, to stop being righteous and holy. And in fact, the evil and the horrible things in this world should drive us and call us to be even more holy and more righteous and, and hold to those more strongly. Because we need to understand that this world is uh, running out of chances to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And they need your witness and they need your testimony. The world's not going to tell them that they need to repent of their sin. The way of this world is, hey, listen, live it up, you know, drink and be merry and, you know, okay, say raw, say raw, whatever's going to be is going to be. But God says, that's not to be your attitude. 
Your attitude is to be, you know what, I want to honor the Lord and I want to reflect his character and his goodness. And so that means I'm going to reflect his righteousness and his holiness. Now that righteousness and holiness are not ours in our own effort. We can't do it alone. But with Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. And God expects us to do it. And so we don't have this, well, Lord, it's, this world's just so evil, um, I couldn't help it. God said, you know what, that's hogwash. That, that, that doesn't hold water. He said, you keep, you hold on to those things that, that I've taught you uh, because I'm coming quickly. Uh, he said, you know what, my reward is, you know, I have this reward, I'm going to give Again, according everyone to his work. Um, he says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Uh, and then he refers to himself in verse 16 as the root and the offspring of David. Um, and so he's reminding himself, reminding us again, that even way back, you know, a thousand years before, or more before uh, Jesus would come, uh, David was around. And God had made the promise to David that he would have an everlasting kingdom. And Jesus is saying, I am the one that's going to sit on that throne forever. I'm the one that's going to fulfill that promise. He's saying, hey, God gave that promise to David and to God's people foreshadowing the work that I would accomplish. He says, you know what? Now it's accomplished. And so come and receive your reward. Come and get your paycheck. And our paycheck is not, again, based on our goodness or our badness. Our paycheck is based on Jesus. And whether we've trusted in him as Lord and Savior. And when, if God has found us to be faithful, then God rewards us. And so in verse 17, the Spirit then issues this other call. He says, you know what? The Spirit and the bride say, come. He says, and let him who hears that come say, come as well. And not just hear it, but let him do it. Let it, him that thirst come. Remember that this is that water, this river of water of life that Jesus talked about in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. It said, you know, whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst again. And this is where that everlasting water came from. It's from this spring that's in this, uh, in the city of the New Jerusalem. And so he says, you know what? Whoever desires, let him come and drink. But not just let him come and drink. What does he say? He said, let him come drink freely. In other words, let him get as much as they want. And so God calls us uh, to him. He calls us to... To life, he come. He calls us to come and find him to be 
not only our light, but the source of life for us. He wants us to understand that our eternal life is not on our merit. It's not based on what we've done. It's based on what Jesus has done and who Jesus is and because of the faith that we've placed in him. And so then he calls us to obey a warning. He says, you know, this is what I'm telling everyone who hears the, the words of prophecy of this book. To him who adds to it, may the plagues that are talked about in this book fall especially upon that person. And the one that takes away from it, that person's name is going to be taken out of the Lamb's book of life. And that's a very serious punishment, isn't it? Both of these things are saying, listen, when you depart from God's word, you're going to find yourself separated and outside the city of New Jerusalem. What does that mean? If you're outside of the city of the New Jerusalem, it means you're in hell. And so Jesus wants John to give this very stern warning that we are to observe or to take seriously what God's word says in the book of Revelation. And really that ought to be our attitude toward the whole Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation. All 66 books we ought to see as God's holy, inspired, infallible word. And we ought to live according to it. And we ought to try to understand it with the Lord's help. And we ought to obey it. An old hymn, uh, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And God has given us what he expects of us. He's given it right here, he's revealed to us. And showed us how he expects us to live and how we're to uh, carry forth the, the work that God has for us to do. All we have to do is obey it. We have to trust that this is, in fact, God's holy word. And that God does, in fact, expect us to obey it. You know, there's, you think of, back to growing up, uh, parents or grandparents, and uh, when they told you to do something, you understood they weren't talking just to hear themselves talk. When they asked you or told you to do something, they expected you to do it. And if you didn't do it, there were consequences. And so the, the same is true with God. And John is rem reminding us of that. He said, all right, listen, you've heard your father tell you what you're supposed to do. So you darn tootin' better do it. You better do what he tells you to do. And when you don't do it, you don't have any excuse because you knew better. You can't say, well, I didn't know, Lord. Because he's given us his word. And if you haven't read it and studied it and learned it, that's not God's fault. He's given it to you. And he you know, expects us to, to live according to his word. But if we're going to live according to his word, it means we have to know his word. And again, part of the reason why there's so much misunderstanding and misapplication of the Bible in general, but in Revelation especially, is because people don't understand God's word. 
And you can't possibly understand the book of Revelation and all the things that are going on if you don't have a pretty good grasp of the Old Testament. Because so much of the Old Testament prophecies and the pictures that God gives us there are fulfilled and come to pass in the book of Revelation. That God uses some of those same images and uh, motifs there uh, in this last book. And so he reminds us and says, Hey, listen, I am coming quickly. In other words, I'm coming. Make sure you're ready. That's why I had to get uh, something from Brother George. And so I called him. I said, Brother George, I'm coming to your house. You know, when I pulled in the driveway, front door was open. I didn't even have time to get out of my car yet before George was at the door. And Callie, uh, their little dog, uh, they came and met me. Why? Because they knew I was coming and they made preparation. He didn't say, well, Aaron's coming, let me go out to the shed and uh, work on stuff outside. No, he said, you know what, company's coming, I'm going to be ready and I'm going to go out and meet them. And so Jesus gives us this reminder multiple times. Because he intends for us to know he's coming again. And he said, you better be ready for me to get there. And so we need to live and work, you know, we need to be ready. We don't know the day or the hour he's coming, but we need to be packed and ready to go when it's time. We're not going to have the opportunity to say, well, Lord, I've got some things I've got to take care of first. That ain't going to work. When he comes and calls us home, we're going to be gone. Quickly. Just like that. That quick. And so Jesus says, I'm coming again, be ready. He encourages us, reminding us that we are identified with him. Not with this world, not with Satan and his minions, but we're identified with him. And when we're identified with him, we've got the winner's jersey on. And we have victory because of what Jesus did. And he encourages us, reminding us that there's a final separation that's going to take place. That when those last days come and God has final victory, that Satan and evil is ultimately going to be defeated. And we're going to be spending eternity in the city of New Jerusalem. And so he calls us to come and join him. And so hopefully we'll listen. That we'll hear that call and we'll answer. We'll say, all right, Lord, I'm ready for you to come. And I'm going to keep on doing what you've asked me to do until you come for me. And so that we're ready at a moment's notice. So I hope God will encourage us with that. Uh, let's stand together and we'll be dismissed uh, in prayer. Remember, this is our last uh, 9 o'clock service. And uh, in August we'll be picking up and we'll be doing some things in the evening on Sundays. Uh, we'll have some more information about that coming soon, so be watching for that. Um, and remember, be praying about our election time and praying for camp um, as it uh, gets ready. Brother George, dismiss us for uh, Sunday school.